You're listening to Having a Chat on CJRU in Toronto, the show where we take interesting people with interesting tastes in music and talk to them about the music that they love. All right, so throughout my life, I've been fortunate enough to have many fantastic mentors. And one of those mentors is a woman named Molly Johnson. Molly first came to be known through her work with her bands Altamoda and the Infidels. She is now a fantastic Juno Award-winning jazz singer, officer of the Order of Canada, and founder of the Kensington Market Jazz Festival. And we're very, very pleased to have her here with us to chat about some music. This is Having a Chat. Anyway, let's uh, let's let's get started. So, um, thank you so much for uh, for taking the time to chat with us, Molly. It's a real pleasure to have you. Oh, it's super fun to be here, Alex. Um, so, I want to I want to kick it off with uh, with a tune of yours called uh, called Rain, and you know, the, the, you have such a you know a lengthy uh, catalog of songs that I could choose from, both in you know sort of past bands as well as your solo stuff. But this is the song that I, I the first song of yours that I ever heard. Um, you know, with my parents playing it in the living room growing up, and uh, you know, still when I think of your music, this is often the one that my that my mind sort of immediately goes to. Um, but uh, I was hoping you might be able to give us a sense of sort of what this song is, uh, what the song's about. Well, funnily enough, I tend to surround myself with very interesting, complicated people who have very interesting and complicated stories. Right. And when they leave, I write down everything they said. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I tend to write more about you than me. And then that leads me to a, a, a really, I think, interesting part of songwriting in that, well, we know words are powerful, but then they're the words that just sing better than other words. Like rain is a word you're going to find in a lot of songs because it just sings well, right? right? Um, some of the, you know, rainy night in Georgia, you know, there's been some big songs around that word. Right. It's a beautiful word. And it's so evocative. And so, yeah, that's rain. So, I mean, I, I, I was talking with some friends of mine over the weekend um, and we were I was telling them that I've sort of been dabbling with songwriting recently and they suggested this idea so it doesn't sound too dissimilar from what you're describing where you basically just kind of come up with a vocal melody and almost just throw in words that kind of sound cool to sing and you know perhaps people will think that you're being a bit trippy or avant-garde or something, but uh, what, what, what do you think of being, what, you know, what are some other words that sort of sing well other than rain, in your opinion? Protest is yeah. a good one. <laughs> um, and I get what you mean about throwing words around until stuff sinks. I tend to have millions of pieces of paper all over the place with little bits and pieces of thoughts and ideas and then at a certain point when I actually need to write something I'll go back and look at that pile that messy messy pile and pull stuff and then use it as sort of the nugget or the kernel 
of the song. So Protest is uh, on my new record, Protest Song. Um, I mean, Sunshine is a good one. You know, words that make you end in a smile. Right. Right. Those are good words. (laughs) Love that. Alrighty, well, uh, well, this is Rain by Molly Johnson on CJRU. Deep. 
You just heard Rain by Molly Johnson on CJRU. Um, and Molly, I'm going to pick another tune, which is, you know, not not always with the format. But before I do that, we'd usually do this, um, this like little lightning round of questions just to, to allow folks to get to know you a little bit better. Um, so the first one is, where'd you grow up? Toronto, Canada. Beautiful. <laughs> and uh, the first concert you ever saw? Ella Fitzgerald wow. with my dad. I also, I think around in there, Miles Davis as well. Wow. Was that, you know, I mean, obviously I would imagine she was a big influence for you at the time. Not so much. She was a little old lady who wore glasses. <laughs> she was my dad's music. You know, I was a kid. I, I got a very interesting bird's eye view though, because I saw her backstage and I did see her take off her regular glasses and put her stage glasses on right. and for some reason that resonated with me as a kid um but yeah yeah okay cool um first album you ever bought first album my dad bought me was birth of the cool miles davis wow. first record i probably bought was sly stone's greatest hits wow Brilliant. Love that. All right. Um, and uh, guilty pleasure artist. Oh, wow. I have so many. You know, I love to listen to Misha Brega Grossman sing opera. She sings a handbag full of other songs and other types of music. Right. But when Misha does that opera thing she does, and I've seen her do it very up close, I've seen her pick the chicken out of her teeth. Wow. as she's walking on stage in her bare feet with no warm-up <laughs> and boom out it comes she's uh, pretty magnificent yeah no doubt um all right second last one beetles or stones well it depends on what beetle right right i'm a I'm I'm a, I'm a George beetle wait hold, hold on sorry I'm like hold on I'm doing an interview bye Love you. Sorry, it was my mom. Can you please leave that in? Because yeah. I think that's hilarious. No, I, I, we did an interview once and my dad walked in and we left it in. I, I think it's hilarious. Um, what was the question again? No, I forgot. Uh, Beatles or Stones? Well, I love George Harrison. He's right. my Beatle. That, that's a hard one, to be honest. Yeah. The Stones... Um, you know, it's kind of like my mother used to say about Fidel Castro. Great guy, stay too long. Right. Great band, stay too long. <laughs> you know, guys, stay home. Um, however, so that's a hard one because I yeah. really love yeah. elements of both of those bands very, very yeah. much. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. And then last one, and this is going to be, I'm kind of interested in hearing what you have to say um, because I kind of, I know that you kind of hate both of them. Um, Liam or Noel? I hate them both. Okay. <laughs> I, I just find them uh, extremely pretentious. Right. Um, that said, interestingly, as a singer myself, a musician who tries to break into Europe consistently, the one market that's terribly, terribly difficult to break into is the UK. I mean, France, Germany, Italy, not so hard, but the UK, because they essentially, in my view, anyhow, invented pop music. You know, they've got great singers. They've got excellent musicians. 
George Michael, Adele, like, come on, Elton John, the Beatles for crying out loud. They don't need anybody from North America at all. Right. So it's a very difficult market. And, and, and the Gallagher brothers are definitely part of that. Yeah. So I will give them that. But, you know, siblings that fight. I got my own fights with my siblings. I don't need to, <laughs> you don't need to deal with that. <laughs> All right, love that. Um, yeah, and you know, it's it's funny. I much I remember once you were explaining to me when when I was I was much younger. You were explaining some show that you wanted to uh, that Terrible you wanted to pitch. Terrible influence on you. Well, <laughs> you were explaining a show that you wanted to pitch to the CBC, where you ask you know a series of different guests, kind of like the same questions, um, and kind of see about music and kind of seeing where they fall in. So, uh, believe it or not, the idea for the lightning round of questions actually came from you. So uh, it, it's excellent. Well, I stole it from Proust. Okay. So there you are. <laughs> um, so, and you know, speaking of, of sort of an influence that you had on me, um, I'm gonna, you know, like I said, I'm gonna play another song that I've picked, and uh, the reason I picked it is because it is one of my favorite bands of all time, and it is a band that you introduced me to. I remember once um, you took me and uh, me and your son Otis to Sonic Boom when uh, when we were kids, and you pulled up a record by Fucked Up, and. Uh, you right. told us that you had played them on your CBC show and that they, in fact, were had gone to the same high school uh, as uh, as me and uh, as me and Otis. And uh, so I was wondering, maybe you could sort of shed some light on how you came to discover Fucked Up and what it is that you like about them. Well, I guess my my real first band. My, my I was in lo- not lots, but I was in other bands as a teenager, but. The first band that was kind of mine and this guy, Norman Ornstein, we were songwriting partners, uh, was Altamoda. And we were kind of the dance band for the punk scene. Like we were poking fun at an already funny punk rock scene in Toronto that was, the kings were the bunch of fucking goofs. They were the kings, they're still the kings. Since the 80s, these guys have stayed incredibly legitimate to everything they stood for then. And uh, I've always had a huge soft spot for Steve Goof, a Mm -hmm. bunch of fucking goofs. So I've always had a bit of an ear to the ground around punk and street rock, unschooled kind of music. Um... And Fucked Up were sort of the most recent incarnation of that scene, sort of. And I gravitated to them right away. And I kind of liked that they had that name that, you know, nobody could say out loud and blah, blah, blah. It was just, you know, that's the tone of, you know, your provocateurs of your punk rockers. You poke, poke, poke. You're constantly poking at everything. So, and I love that. So that's how I came to know All Fucked Up. And I did know that at least the lead singer was a, was a, went to the same high school as you guys, for sure. Yeah, yeah. well, they, they, they played an enormous uh, role in sort of my musical upbringing, so I, 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 had, to, I had to throw that in uh, as sort of... Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, anyway, this is Turn the Season by Fucked Up on CJRU.
Kick into your picks then, Molly. Um, okay. What can you tell us about? <laughs> what can you tell us about uh, about Jen Grant? Well, Jen Grant is a beautiful singer-songwriter from Prince Edward Island, mm. and um, 
I've I've always I've always really enjoyed her lighter than air voice and her her control of that air is beautiful in a singer. She's a great songwriter, very strong songwriter. I've chosen the song Dreamer because I think it's her most recognizable and it really does illustrate what her and her husband who produces a lot of her records. So he didn't produce her newest record, but he's in the band and they just had a baby. And so she's kind of an interesting, to me anyhow as a mom, I'm a mom, to hear another female vocalist, singer songwriter working around, being on the road with the baby. (laughs) Tricky that is. But I chose Dreamer, Dreamer, I don't know, you can just close your eyes and you feel Prince Edward Island, just one of the prettiest places in Canada. And what's wrong with a little pretty once in a while? <laughs> so, what, how, I mean, like, you know, she, she's, she's a relatively, you know, contemporary artist. I mean, you know, the, and, I'm, and I'm interested in sort of how you sort of stay up to date with sort of, you know, and, and, you know, we touched on this a little bit with Fucked Up, but I'm interested in sort of how you stay up to date with like, you know, the, the sort of the new, there's always new stuff coming out, particularly in Canada. hundred percent. There's a lot of new stuff, always new stuff. And Canada is rich and vibrant and monsterful. You know, the top five spots on the Billboard chart right now are Canadian artists. We are right. culturally, I think it's our biggest export and I wish people would pay more attention to that. We, we do sell more records than soybeans. Everybody needs to know that. Um, um, I stay current because as an artist, if you're really truly writing about the people for the people, you need to know the people. And I, old fashioned girl, I read the Globe and Mail every morning. I watch some particularly bad American television just to keep my finger on the pulse of what the hell that looks like. You know, I'm very curious, very curious and culturally curious. Um, And I'm an uber Canadian. Like I'm uh, I'm, uh, so in love with what this country generates in terms of culture. And I always find it very exciting. And I remember thinking once a long time ago, and it's become a real reoccurring theme for me about Canadian women writers. Mm-hmm. Like when you think about it, we have, and it's not just Atwood and the usual suspects, but we have incredible strong, incredibly strong country of women writers, songwriting as well. When you look at the Joni Mitchells, you know, right through yeah. Sarah McLaughlin, you know, all the girls in Canada, for the most part, have songwriting credits on albums, whether they're co-writes or solidly theirs. It's a big piece of, of what we do here in Canada. Mm-hmm. And I always wondered, like, what's in the water? What's yeah. in the water that, that allows these voices to come through and that we should look at that for a minute and think about that because we're really good at it so we must be doing something right in raising young women that they actually feel they have a voice now granted 
the four girls I'm highlighting or women I'm highlighting today, or however many I do, they're white women. But I think if you look broadly right now, you'll watch that change. And it is changing beautifully. So I guess that I guess that leads me to my next question. I mean, like how. So first, why is it, do you think that I mean, you said, is there something in the water? I mean, what is it do you think about Canada and then sort of going forward? What is it? What is it that's going to spark that change that you talked about, like getting more women of color to sort of, you know, take the spotlight? Well, we've already come quite a far ways from my very first Juno back in the 80s when it wasn't televised and they had the black category so they had our little poppy mixed race band with the reggae band truths and rights with billy newton davis an r&b singer with the duet with celine dion and oscar peterson like let's put all those folks <laughs> in one damn category and much to my chagrin and mortification I won over Oscar and I almost vomited and I walked up there and I said as an industry we have to stop listening to color and think about this a little bit I said some pretty rude off-color dare I say there's a pun off-color remarks and then I actually left the Juno on the podium and walked away from it. And we're still having that conversation. Yeah. It's still a conversation. I mean, the first rap, Canadian rap Juno wasn't until the late 80s or, or mid 90s before we had that, before we had a reggae ca- category, before, like it's the music, <laughs> not the color of the people playing the music, I think, I don't know. It's complicated. Yeah. But we're better at it. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. And I hope we keep getting better. And we'll get, and there's room to, there's room. We're not there, but, but, but especially now that's the conversation that's happening. Yeah, absolutely. Getting more voices, more voices to the table. Yeah. And I hope people keep having it, but, uh, this is, is yeah, we have to keep it going. Yeah, no doubt. Ah, what else do people have to do? There's a pandemic on, there's not much else going on. (laughs) Might as well stay, stay in fighting mode. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, (laughs) this is Jen Grant with dream with dreamers on CJRU.
Cousins with Grace. Uh, what do you like about Rose Cousins, Molly? Well, she's got a beautiful way with a melody and a beautiful way with a lyric. Again, from Prince Edward Island, like Jen Grant. Um, she's the kind of artist that I actually wait and can't wait to hear her next record. Mm-hmm. Um, all these, all these women that I'm bringing to the show today are, are like that um, Rose is you know one of Canada's I don't want to say hidden gems because we do know her um, but she's she's not mainstream like Sarah McLaughlin or something but she's oh solid solid songwriter right so why I mean you know, we, we've talked about this idea that you, obviously Canada puts out an enormous amount of, of, of really, really strong content. What is it, do you think, that sort of 
prevents people like Rose Cousins from sort of breaking through to the mainstream. I mean, it's, it seems like there's really a dichotomy where you will have these like massive superstars like Sarah McLaughlin or Joni Mitchell, and then you have people who kind of slide beneath the radar. The working musician. That's what we like to call us. Yes, the working exactly. musicians. Um, I got to say, CanCon, which was started so, so many, many years ago with a lot of pushback, but the rule was you had to play a particular amount of Canadian content on your radio show or you wouldn't get your license. It was pretty strong and it worked. And it worked to the point where, and it's really kind of this new superstar crop of Bieber and Mendez and Alicia Cara and, and Weekend and Drake that actually their principal residence is in Canada, dare I say Ontario. And hence, they are paying taxes in Canada, which is huge. And it took decades for us to get to a point. And, and many things moved into the pot, not just CanCon. Like yeah. just, the, just the ability digitally to sell your music changed the game internationally, yeah. right? Like suddenly, what borders? What, yeah. what were the borders? There were no borders suddenly. Digitally, you know, I was selling records on Amazon you know, in Thailand. Right. I mean, that's, that was the, this is the world we live in now. But how exciting that it started with a very controversial piece of business called Canadian Content or CanCon. Mm. And I think it has been the driving force that we don't keep our artists home. They make this their home. Mm. And that's a different turnaround. I mean, sure, mm. they all have homes, I'm sure, in L.A. or wherever. Right. But... You know, they're living here yeah. and they're staying here. They're traveling all over. They're touring all over the world. But, but you know, they, they come here. home. They come home. And, and that's that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. So, I mean, with, with with people like that, I mean, what is it do you think that maybe CanCon can do to sort of allow there to be sort of the next weekend or the next Drake or the next Sean Mendez like well that's what's the money that's stays here the money that's raised through that goes into things like the factor grants right. and Ontario creates and Ontario Arts Council and all those granting opportunities for young artists to get a hold of and make demos and mm. and be and get into the game right so yeah. there's there's now lots of different government initiatives from our tax dollars yeah. that are that are helping young artists yeah yeah absolutely all right well this is rose cousins with grace on cjru Everything I try 
mercy, take your time. Help me find my way to grace. I surrender, I lay down my arms If I can do no good, I will do no harm In truth, the eye of every storm I lay down my arms It was not Um, all right, next up is uh, Kathleen Edwards with, uh, with Total Freedom. Uh, what do you like about Kathleen Edwards, Molly? Well, I love that Kathleen Edwards took a big fat step away from the music business for a big chunk of time. Um, mm. And that takes balls, or as I like to say, lady balls, <laughs> which she has in spades um, to step away. She even had the the hilarity the good grace the to open a coffee shop called quitters right as in i quit um and i love that yeah i i love that um and she's an artist that i definitely was hoping would come back and she's come back with this great new record and sometimes you need to just step away and do something completely different 
to clear your head. It's like a palate cleanser yeah. in a very fancy restaurant where they bring you a little something in between courses nice. to sort of cleanse. Yeah. And off she goes again, and it's a great new record, and I love it. So, like, I, I, I've been finding that it's not uncommon for folks to just kind of have enough with with the industry, with the game, with the grind, all that, and to become very... Super hard. Yeah, and, and people can become very jaded, I think, very, very quickly and very cynical. Um, what do yeah, you I do think to kids sort of- join the... Well, I didn't, I didn't get into this game for the wrong reasons. Right. I think people that, first of all, get into it for fame and fortune are going to be sorely disappointed. Right. There's only one Beyonce. Yeah. I like to say that a lot. You know, you got to be in it because you have to do it. Yeah. Not because you want to be rich and famous because, did I mention, not everybody can be Beyonce. (laughs) So, so, I mean, beyond your intentions uh, in sort of getting into it, like what, so I I guess two questions then, what were your intentions in getting into it, but also how do you sort of keep from becoming too jaded to the point where you just want to quit and open up a coffee shop? You know, you have to have a very fine-tuned sense of humor right. to maintain any kind of anything. For many, 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 many years, and I've, I've been this way for a long time, is I have church and state. Mm-hmm. I have my family life, and I have my music business life. Mm-hmm. And I've never crossed them. Yeah. I don't date the guys in my band. I didn't marry the guys in my band. I, I, in fact, I don't date musicians at all. Mm-hmm. They make excellent friends. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I've been in the, I've, you know, I've been in this business since I was, well, if you want to count, all the, I was six months old. Right. You know, I did a commercial when I was six months old, and then I did a lot of kids TV, and then I did kids theater, and it just fell into, well, I don't drive and I can't type. Right. I'm not real good with numbers, but I can right. carry a tune. Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of fell into it. Yeah, of course. Um, all right. Well, uh, with that, this is uh, Kathleen Edwards with Total Freedom on CJR. <laughs> But I blame it 
Um, but what do you what do you like about Sarah Harmer? Well, Sarah Harmer is an activist. You know, she's a land protector, a tree protector. She took a ton of time out of her own career to save things like the Niagara Escarpment, for instance. Right. <laughs> you know, just little things like that. I've just always admired her politics. And um, she clearly was driven by social and civil rights. And I love that fighting spirit in a girl. And, you know, she uses her songwriting and her songs reflect all that. Right. She's a real activist and really puts her, 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 not her money where her mouth is, but herself where her mouth is, right. you know, right. which is even more impactful, I think. Right. And again, I waited, we waited a very long time for Sarah Harmer to put another record out. Like there's, right. I don't know how many years are between records, but... You know, because like I said, she was, you know, protesting. Yeah, of course. Well, so and um, it's always something that I'm interested in is, you know, how do you sort of balance the, the sort of the political and the activism with the music? I mean, you know, and it's been interesting seeing all these um, all these folks coming out and saying, you know, that they had no idea that Rage Against the Machine songs were political, um, which just seems like a, like look at the band name um you know what i mean it's just uh yeah, but, yeah. but so how do you yeah, yeah. um you know find that balance for your own for your own work in terms of just like lyrical content but also sort of what you what you do with your time and energy how do you sort of strike that balance i think the activism fuels the art mm. i think i think if you're paying attention as a, a writer you're you're, you're engaged and, and for me, um, it fuels, it focuses me to the questions of the day. Right. And what are the questions of the day? And who's asking them? Yeah. And does anybody have any answers? Yeah. <laughs> but I, I definitely feel that, in fact, each of these artists I've named today would all have an activist bent right. and have a particular pocket that they're fighting out of, yeah. right? You know, for Sarah, it's it's the environment and, you know, it's just interesting. But I, I definitely believe that most artists are activists. It's yeah. part of the game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, the, and the, what it, what's... What is what are things that you view as important? Like, what are the sort of the pockets that you fight out of, and 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 how has that changed over time? Like, or or has it changed? You know, interestingly, as a child of American parents who were of mixed race and were married in America at a time when, well, to be completely frank, if they'd done it in the wrong state, my dad could have been lynched for marrying a white woman. Um, so I was sort of steeped in all of that growing up, all of that activism and civil rights. And I don't want to say nothing's changed because everything's changed. But on the other hand, nothing's changed. We're still fighting that fight for equality and civil rights for all. 
guess, you know, you could look at the staple singers, Billie Holiday. They were all social activists writing songs about their world. Well, with that, this is Sarah Harmer uh, on CJRU. If I was a crow, I'd fly the roads that wind between these places. Over back lanes and weathered veins where creeks have left their traces. Fruit trees planted long ago still bloom every other season. Fence won't keep the rabbits out. The gate's always open for some damn reason. Follow and trace the coastline to a place that's worn and storied. At the end of their chain, the Great Lakes drain into the old St. Lawrence. Ah, oh, we've held a party or two, slept a million dreamers, who woke to find the coffee on. Though the smoke is gone, the poetry lingers. If you're too tucked away and you can't see the sun, Something to say, but you ain't got no one. Whatever you do, if you have to, or use your thumb, just get here, just come. If you come out at night, you'll see the light and where to make the turn off. But do call ahead, we might be in bed. Riding with our clothes off, riding under wallpaper, riding on the wall. The poets die lullaby still whispers faintly in the room. If you're too tucked away and you can't see the sun, if you're something to say. She ain't got no one Whatever you do If you have to Or use your thumb Just get here Just come If you're too tucked away And you can't see the sun If you're some Fed and hearts were warm and gracious. Did we keep a guest book somewhere, or are the records fading? We'll make a vow to start one now. There is still time, but it's not waiting. Um, all right, next up is the hip. It is. 
The Boys. The Boys. The Boys. Um, and 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 this is a this is a compilation record. It is. It's called Your Favorites. Yeah. And it is. <laughs> they did a really great job of compiling their greatest hits. I guess you might. It's hard to talk about the hit and greatest hits in the same sentence, but there you yeah. have it. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, so, what what do you make of the sort of the legacy of the tragically hip? You know, what I always loved about them was they were not interested in being big stars in the United States of America. Mm. You don't write a song about Bob Cajun or Wheat Kings and expect an American to know what the hell you're talking about. He was very specific in his lyric writing, and I really miss that voice. I miss it at the music table of Canada. I I miss it on the music highway of Canada. I miss his voice. And I don't necessarily mean his singing voice. I miss what Gordani had to say and what that band had to say. And and I think um, this record at least encapsulates all of it and keeps it forefront in the minds of Canadians. Right. Well, it's so funny. Like I, I, People will often sort of, you know, talk around me and sort of puzzle about sort of why aren't they big in the u.s and i say guys like you know they're talking about pictures of their parents prime minister and you know and she says she didn't give a fuck about hockey i've never heard someone say that before like all that is not going to sell in the states man like come on right (laughs) yeah and 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 you're absolutely right like i love that they kind of just they they didn't give a shit yeah yeah that's not what they were about Gord's, you know, you got to remember, one of Gord's idols was a poet named Al Purdy. Right. And that's who Gord admired, a poet. Yeah. You know, when you think about Canada and one of our greatest exports, cultural exports, is Atwood, and she's right. a poet. Right. Right? Like, what kind of a country? <laughs> A pretty darn fantastic country is what I think. Right. <laughs> that that we breed poets. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I miss Gord. I miss him. I miss him. So, and then on the topic of like activism and music, I mean, that was something that he really devoted the sort of the remaining year and sort of months yes, of his life did. to in a very public yes, way. What did. do you make of the legacy of those uh, actions? You know, Gord had the luck. <laughs> of actually knowing time was running out. Like I could step out in the street tomorrow and get hit by a car, I'd be gone. Gord actually could plan it. David Mm -hmm. Bowie was another one. If you want to see an an excellent exit, look at David Bowie's exit. Mm -hmm. Look what he did before he died. Gord knew, sadly, horribly, that his time was, he had limited time. So very smartly, where could I do the most good? Where can I, what is the, what is the, the issue in Canada that needs the most help right now? And Gord chose the indigenous issue and he put it all in there and gave it a hundred percent and left a real legacy of that, Mm -hmm. very impactful and profound legacy that that community can use any which way they want. And it was a brilliant moment. And 
I think he knowing the limitations of what his life was going to be was incredibly brave mm. and courageous to acknowledge and then what can I do mm. in this time to further something yeah. that's going to be meaningful to this country of ours, Canada. Yeah. In my mind, that's what he did. I don't know if that's what he did. <laughs> I kind of think it is. I kind of think it is, though. Yeah. All right. Well, this is the Tragically Hip with a few tunes off of your favorites on CJRU. Yeah. 
back. All right. Um, Are we back? Let's go. One more. Uh, Marvin right. Gaye. One more. Um, yeah, so this this tune's a cover. Um, so, and, and I remember when you told me that you were doing this cover on, on your, your latest record. Um, why, like, why this song? You know, I mean, there, there's an enormous number of, uh, of great Marvin Gaye tunes. What was it that, uh, that made you pick this tune? Well, to be truthful, I didn't pick it. Uh, right. My amazing, legendary record producer, Larry Klein, Larry produced Nora Jones, Tracy Chapman, Joni Mitchell, on it goes. He's won Grammys for producing as well as for bass playing. Right. Um, played with Herbie Hancock for years. Like, he's just a, a mensch. He's a guru of musical knowledge. Just an unbelievable experience. He chose that song um, after listening to my Billie Holiday record. I don't right. know where he went with that, but... Uh, I think we had these conversations about that first song I wrote, Protest Song, and A Lullaby for Your Protest March, and he loved that thing, and it was the song that said, yeah, I'll produce this girl's record song. Um, so it came out a protest song, um, and we listened to it and realized, though it's was, I don't know, is it 26? It's older than you. Right. that song and um, yet it was so incredibly current yeah. uh, Marvin had a oh, Marvin Gaye come on the guy's lyrics the 70s yeah. he was the voice of the 70s in a way uh, and it was also the 70s production so there was a ton of production on on if you listen to the if you listen to Marvin's version there's just ridiculous amounts of it and uh at first, I was very apprehensive about doing a Marvin Gaye cover, right. and Larry Klein pointed out to me, "Well, you just cover—you just did an entire Billie Holiday <laughs> record. If you can cover Billie Holiday, you can sure as shit cover Marvin Gaye." So right. I said, "Yeah, okay, I get it." And and then he, and then I asked, "How are we going to record something with, that that has so much production on it?" And I'm all about a stripped-down sound, right. and he said, "We're we're going to strip it down. We're mm. going to strip it down to nothing." And and the real and the song will just glimmer and shine, right. and and that's precisely what we did. Right. So I I think covering songs uh, is something that is such an important thing for artists and musicians to do, um, but you never really want to do it in a way that seems like you know you you want to make it your own. I guess is what I'm trying to say. A hundred percent. So what yeah. what is uh, you know, like you said, you, you've done an entire Billie Holiday cover record. Like, what, what is, so as someone who does a fair amount of covers, what, what would you sort of say to perhaps like an up-and-coming young musician um, as sort of advice for how to go about covering songs, how to pick a song to cover, um, and, and ultimately how to make it their own? The message and the meaning of the message is probably the first thing you should look at. Is, it, is, is that lyric resonating with you? I think the other thing is you really actually need to, in your heart, pay homage to that very artist you're covering. You have to, I believe, anyhow, come in with a huge amount of respect around what that artist has accomplished. Right. Uh, and then, of course, you're with that amount of respect for that artist and respect and, and for that artist, you, you're literally standing on the shoulders of that artist as you take it to another place. And 
I've actually had musicians cover my stuff. Right. And uh, it's interesting <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to see what parts of the music resonate the most and why. Yeah. So what, what's it like for you sort of taking in the influence that you've had? I mean, it, it's... Canadians in music often tend to be very, very humble. And if you sort of talk to them about sort of, oh, you will hear this and that, you're so amazing, they'll say, oh, no, I'm just, I'm just some, some dude with a guitar. But what, Yeah, because you know what? That, he is just some yeah, dude with a guitar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, he is some dude um, with a guitar. But I, I, I think that your, you know, the, the influence that you have had on you know the city's music over the years uh, is sort of undeniable. I, I was wondering maybe like what's what's sort of a an interaction that you had in on that front that sort of surprised you. Oh well, it depends on the day. It depends on what I'm doing. If I'm grocery shopping with my kids, and someone comes up to me and says, "Are you Molly Johnson?" I literally say, not today, <laughs> not today. <laughs> today I'm mum. Yeah. Um, so I do, I do, uh, and I'm, I'm all, I, 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 I tend to be on the down low mm -hmm. most of the time. I find as a songwriter, it's a better place to be because you really get those stories mm -hmm. about other people, you, you know, to be open to hearing what's going on around you, you, you can't, it can't be about you. Yeah. Otherwise you'll miss all that really good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Alrighty. Well, Molly, that's, uh, that's it for today, but, uh, Thanks, thank, Alex. You, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, it really means a lot, lot of fun, yeah. Alex. Oh, well, course. you know, I love you. <laughs> One of my favorites. <laughs> Thanks, well. Alex. It was a real pleasure and great questions. Oh, of course. Of course. Anytime. And just a reminder that you can check us out anywhere you get your podcasts. Don't forget to rate and subscribe. And this is Molly Johnson on CJRU.
letdowns Bad breaks Setbacks Natural factors Oh honey that I can Pay my taxes Oh make me wanna holler And throw up both my hands Make me wanna holler Sing. 